Have you ever wondered how teachers transform their classrooms into forensic labs, an operation room, or even Starbucks? In today's episode, we are joined by Katie and Natalie, who are here to share how they create memorable classroom transformations for their students. Let's get started. Welcome to Solving for the Undefined podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, founder of Miss Kuiper's Classroom, the place that equips teachers in creating a healthy math classroom where students can thrive, no matter their academic abilities. But it's not always about the numbers, and that's why I'm here, bringing you the formulas to solve your problems, math and otherwise, plus strategies on cultivating that necessary math mindset. And that's what you can count on. Hello, hello. Welcome to a brand new episode. I'm super excited for this one because today is the first time I'm ever interviewing two guests at once. We have Katie and Natalie joining us today talking about transforming your classroom and having a fun overall experience with students. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Will you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sure. So my name is Katie and I started off my journey as an educator in fourth grade, started teaching fifth grade, got real nervous when my principal asked me to move to eighth grade math. And I thought, okay, those are real big kids, but I'll give it a try. I ended up loving middle school. So I taught eighth grade math for a couple of years with some science in there and then moved to schools um, and got a job in sixth grade math which I was very excited about. And that is when I met Natalie. And so from there, we've been teaching sixth grade math for the last whole six years now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started in fourth grade math and science also. Um, I took over a classroom in February. So I finished off that school year. And then I did a year of second grade, all subjects. Very interesting. I moved the year right after. (laughs) And then that's when I started sixth grade math with Katie. So um, we both kind of came from different backgrounds, but the last six years we've been teaching together. So that's been our journey so far. (laughs) That's so cool that you you had like an elementary background and you came and were able to do middle school and then find a teacher bestie in the process. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And were you guys working together all of the time that you've been as sixth grade math teachers? Yes, we have been like stuck to each other's hips for the last six years. (laughs) That's so awesome. We had a brief real nervous year of during COVID when we both, when we had to have like, um, oh man, what do you call that? Hybrid? Yes. And then we had to have that one classroom of kids. They didn't get to switch. So she had a different partner for a year and it was really good. Yeah, but we still were on the same campus and we still, you know, collaborated and whatnot. But so, yeah, we've basically been been stuck to each other for quite some time now. (laughs) That's the best. So today we're talking about transforming your classroom and having these classroom experiences. And what got you interested in doing these for your students? So we were just talking about that. Um, We, it was our, I know it wasn't our first year. I'm pretty sure it was our second year. We obviously were a little bit more comfortable with the content and kind of the flow of things. And so we're like, okay, how can we make our kids more engaged and just have more fun with what we're trying to teach them? Um, Because I'm sure, you know, also working with older kids, it's not always easy. And so we got this random, I don't even know where this idea came from. I feel like we probably saw something on Pinterest. Yeah, (laughs) we were just Pinteresting, uh, like 
ideas to teach and supplement our curriculum to teach ratios and proportions. Mm -hmm. And we came across a Skittles activity and we were like, okay, that's fun. Like candy, it has to help. (laughs) And then, um, I don't know, it was after school that we Mm -hmm. were like, uh, okay, how could we set this up and like just figuring out how I wanted to structure the activity. And then we were like tablecloths. What if we go get like rainbow colored tablecloths and have like just tablecloths. And so we ran to Walmart together and then I think it was while we were at Walmart, mm-hmm. we were like, let's go look for a shirt we could wear. <laughs> and they have these super corny, like, uh, rainbow unicorn t-shirts. And so I have a cricket. She had a cricket at the time. So we were like, let's put, um, it said, say? the saying was like, keep it 100. And it, we were doing the activity with percents. So we changed it to say, keep it 100%. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we got t-shirts and then we were like well we might as well get streamers so it just kind of all <laughs> went there all in this one trip to walmart so we went back we decorated our rooms uh real quick and we were like okay this is gonna be like the best day ever and then the next day came and i think we both said we will never do that again yeah that was really- <laughs> <laughs> like the kids were not that well behaved yeah um, so we kind of went into it blindly just with an idea. And then, like she said, like, we're never doing this again. I think we both kind of looked at each other like that was a lot. Um, and I think at the end of that year, like, we tried something again and it went way better. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just grew from there. So, yeah, it wasn't a pretty start. <laughs> but we learned, like, okay, these, you know, these five things are going to be things we have to change for the yeah. next one if we want it to be successful. And then it was. So we decided to keep going from there. So. Mm-hmm. And that speaks so much, too, to, like, when you're trying something new, it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. And that's something, like, we teach our kids, too, like, when we're trying to math problems for the first time. It's not going to be pretty and perfect. But as you learn and as you grow, you can able to change the things and tweak it to make it a better experience overall. And that seems exactly what you guys did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely it. Like, okay, we, see, experience. Yeah, we yeah. see the potential in this. We'll try it again. And then, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, I I can imagine. So tell us more about some of the transformations that you've done. We have done, I haven't even kept track, I think. Um, But we have done pretty simple ones. So um, we'll probably get more into talking about Starbucks Day. But I know that's one of my favorites just because it's very, like, low-key. And the prep is pretty easy. It could cost you literally nothing out of pocket. Um, that is when we do for a testing day. That's the first one we do every school year. We've also done more extravagant ones like, um, yeah, like CSI day where we planned a couple of crime scenes that kids were solving, um, and dressed up as detectives. We've also done glow day. Um, so they're kind of all over the place. We do try to relate them to the content we're learning whenever possible. So I think the most recent one we've done is our order of operations day, um, and so that was covering the order of operations. And uh, that was where we just turned our classroom into surgery rooms. So, yeah, we've done quite a few. Like I said, they're all over the place. But, um, you know, like we said, we've kind of just learned what works and what doesn't and kind of tried to get better at them each time. So Awesome. And are there some that you do more than once with kids? So, like, the Starbucks one you said was for test review? Is that something you do multiple times throughout the year? No. No, we've never repeated one throughout the year. Not in one school year. Yeah, in one school year, yeah. 
Although I could see Starbucks Day being something mm -hmm. um, that you would do more than once, but we've kind of felt like planning a different theme sort of surprises them. Uh -huh. but, yeah, we've never repeated one in this full year. Cool. We would only do like three to four a year. We don't okay. we're not doing like each one of these every yeah. single year. Um, otherwise, it's very wearing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It seems like so much goes into it. So can you kind of tell us from your idea of doing one to the process of implementing it, what are the steps that you take to do that? Well, we were just actually working on one. Um, we're going to be doing one next week, right, when we get mm -hmm. back. So literally, we start with just kind of mapping out on paper with a pencil or a pen. What does this look like? What are the actual activities we're going to do? Um, and how are we going to relate those to the content? The particular one that we're working on right now is going to be a big review for the whole school year because we're going to start state testing soon. Mm -hmm. um, so then once we kind of have an idea of like what activities and what content we're going to use, um, we take that to our laptops. <clears throat> yeah, we just start to format, okay, what do we want the day to look like? What are we going to do a station style? How are like, what are kids actually going to have in their hands? And then we start creating um, those things. Um, so we started creating those resources that they that we want them to actually have in their hands to do the um, actual math for the day. And then it's really just about structure. Like we really take a lot of time to think of like, not just what it's going to look like, but like, what are the kids going to be doing each second of this day? Because as we learned from the very first one we did, it can go really bad, really fast if it's not structured in a way that everyone's kind of responsible and accountable for something at all times. So um, I'd say we spend a lot of our time kind of figuring out like the stations and who's doing what and that kind of thing. And then the last thing I'd say we do is kind of look at like the fun stuff, which we really enjoy, like the decor and things like that. But that's definitely what we save for last because we know that none of that's going to matter if our kids aren't actually being productive and collaborative with their team when we're doing them. So that's kind mm -hmm. of what it looks like in a nutshell. Nice. And I, I liked what you said about having students have like a job or something to keep them accountable because that was one of my questions thinking about how do I keep students on track throughout something? Because I feel like they might get lost in having this fun experience and not actually doing math. And so it's cool that you are integrating that in and thinking about what are kids doing every single second to make sure that they are doing math and having fun. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of that too, we try to combat with like the com the competitive uh, like spirit of it. So like in this one, we're assigning points and you have games and you can only play the games, which is a lot of the structure we add to everything that we do in our classroom is that kind of ability of like, if you didn't do the math and you didn't sh like put the work in, then you don't get to do the fun stuff. So they are usually already at this point in the year, they're already accustomed to like, if I just sit here and goof around, I'm not going to get to <laughs> participate in any of this fun stuff. So they kind of know like, I have to do my part. Tough love. We're yeah. definitely very team tough love. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I feel like middle schoolers, especially sixth graders, as they're transitioning from elementary to middle school, they need that tough love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are some of the benefits to doing these classroom transformations? So I feel like the big one that we've both talked about over the years is definitely the student buy-in event. 
because especially when our students come to us, we have three feeder schools. And so we're getting students from different places. And so getting them into a room and to enjoy math is just a struggle, you know, all on its own. And so we have found that classroom transformations have really helped us kind of, I would even say like speed up that process of getting them to buy into what we're trying to teach them, but also just the interest, because we know when students are engaged, it's just going to help them try harder in their own words, um, because they actually are really bought into, you know, whatever we're working on at that moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it kind of keeps them on their toes a little bit. Like they're excited to come to class because they know that there's always something a little bit new happening and they want to be prepared and they want to be there to engage in it because they know they have, like Natalie said, they have that buy-in of like math is fun and math class is fun. Um, and so once we have them there, I feel like that hook, I don't know, flows throughout mm-hmm. each day. And, you know, we could just be doing a simple lesson the next day and they're okay with it because they know that it's like leading up. To yeah. Something. Like they know that there's going to be something exciting or that they just came out of, you know, a trans, I don't know. They're always ready because they know that math is fun. And even on those days where it's not as exciting, exciting. <laughs> They still are in their mind are thinking math is fun. <laughs> uh, that sounds so cool. I wish I would be in your classroom. That would be, I remember as a, as a middle schooler, it was just sitting in desks, taking notes from a textbook. And that was pretty much it. And that's so boring and not how people learn. Like you learn through being engaged and talking and having a sense of belonging and community and feeling safe. Cause if you don't feel safe, you can't take risks and learn new things. And it seems like, doing these classroom transformations, starting out the beginning of the year with one to kind of create that community with your students has been super successful for you and for them just making math a fun and amazing place for them to be. Yeah, the community um, like aspect of it is huge. Um, Like I said, we get kids from three different schools, which (laughs) comes with a lot of different, you know, issues and roadblocks sometimes. But um, it is really fun to see them like at first, obviously they're a little bit thrown off, but then we had them dress as surgeons. Like they were wearing full on, like, what do you call those? Not robes, the surgeons gowns. gowns. Um, They were wearing the hairnets and it's like, they're okay with being silly with each other while they're doing math because they know that we've been working at it all year and they just have that buy-in. So yeah, the community piece is definitely really cool to see throughout the year. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of our transformation days is it just gives everyone permission to be a little silly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we play it up. Like when I open the door, I'm like, oh, welcome surgeons. Like, I'm so glad you're here. Our, you know, our patients are already ready. Like we're just playing it up. We're being silly. Like, um, you know, even Starbucks day, we treat them as if they were our customers and we're the barista. And so the more you play it up and just give permission uh, to say like we're gonna be a little bit silly today and have and yeah just play really while we're learning and doing this math um, does definitely build that community because they are feeling like okay we can be safe together we can be ourselves and just have some fun so so cool I'm interrupting today's episode to ask you a vital question do you have the tools in your classroom for student success? Well, wonder no more because I have a way for you to check your work. 
My new guide, seven math teacher must-haves for student success, has the top seven items you need in your classroom. From classroom staples to manipulatives that are often missed, this checklist will ensure that your students have a successful school year. Additionally, each item shows the best budget and splurge options. Download the seven math teacher must-haves for student success after listening to today's episode by going to misskuyper.com slash guide. So kind of moving into if someone was wanting to commit and do these kinds of transformations, I know one thing that I hear often from teachers is we don't have a lot of time. So if a teacher came to you and was like, I want to do this, they're to- but they're so time consuming, what would you say to that? I think we both kind of probably agree. Katie could say if she does it. Um, <laughs> everything in teaching is time consuming. I mean, you know, we took so many years kind of creating lessons and our curriculum that we use. And it's like, that was time consuming. You know, other people prefer to put their time into supplemental resources. And so it's kind of just what you value. um, And that's different for everyone. And so if it's something that I would say a teacher really wants to try and truly believes in, then it's worth putting your time into that for that particular moment. You know, there's different seasons of teaching in life. And so it may not always be that. That's why we only do four a year. Um, But it's kind of just deciding, like, is this something I want to do? If so, then it's definitely going to be worth the time uh, for the outcome and the results. Yeah. And I I mean, we've talked about the community building. We've talked about uh, the students buy-in and engagement. And I think um, you can either put you know, time into correcting and all of those things, or you can put time into building that. And this is the way we choose to use our time to build that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's many other ways you can build that in your classroom. Um, but this is one that we've found that we enjoy. So we're okay putting our time in because it's fun for us too. Um, and like Natalie said, everything is hard. So whatever However you want to deal with these things is is your choice, but we choose to put time in this way and, you know, that's how and the payback, I feel like, is definitely worth it. Um, and then, I mean, to be completely transparent, like, I think every year, some of our highest, um, like, data from assessments is always coming the days after a classroom transformation. So a lot of times they lead up to, like, that will be our review for a test or a quiz. Mm-hmm. And we always get the highest scores when we do one of those. Sorry, let me close my window, my neighbor. (laughs) That's so cool that you take it as like a review day to do these amazing things. Because that also means like students have a pretty good foundational knowledge of everything within that unit. It's kind of like leading up to this fabulous thing. Like they're more bought in the entire unit because they know this thing is coming. And then they get to show all of their hard work the next day on that assessment. And that's awesome about that. Uh, Your highest data is from those days right after your transformations. Yeah. So, you know, aside from like, because from the outside, I think oftentimes people will think it's just like, a fun day and not super productive, but, um, you know, just like we talked about like the structure and everything, it definitely not only shows with like their attitudes and their buy-in, but definitely on the data that we get from that particular standard or whatever we're covering. So another thing to think about for teachers, because at the end of the day, like that's our number one goal is for students to show, you know, growth or achievement. 
So definitely a big factor for us. And going back to the time thing, I think too, if you, if this is something that you enjoy or you enjoy, like you decide to do your first transformation, you enjoy the process. A lot of what we do will laminate or uh, create in a way that we can use it again the following year. So this year, our transformations have been, uh, you know, very simple to do because for instance, like the order of operation day, we already had everything uh, laminated, the, like all the files made and everything. So when we went to go prepare for our uh, room setup, it was like, even we even saved all the tablecloths that we use. <laughs> so we just have it all in a bin. So when it's time to do that transformation, we just grab it and put everything up. So I think most of the ones that we've repeated um, take us maybe like 30 minutes to actually put everything up and be ready because we've saved it. So mm-hmm. that's just... I don't know. When people say it, it requires a lot of time, it does the first time. It's like an investment. Then, but yeah, if you're going to invest time into it, I would definitely suggest creating a, like a long-term plan. Yeah. yeah. How you're going to keep using your stuff. Because I think we bought like three new tablecloths for that transformation. So yeah. we spent like three bucks. Everything <laughs> and even like the tablecloths you put on the table and stuff, we just save everything so we don't have to buy much. That's smart. Cutting it, putting it in like a bin and keeping it from year to year. That's a smart idea. I think I see a lot of teachers do that with like curriculum and stuff is have it very organized in such a way where it makes it easy the next year to just pull it out and do it. Yeah. So you said that you do four transformations a year. Are you talking those are like the four major or and like you do like minor ones or those the only four transformations that you do in a year? We do, we only do like three to four a year. Um, This year we've done Starbucks day, CSI day, um, operation day. And then our fourth one is going to be, I forgot what we're calling it, but like a throwdown competition day. Yeah. Like a sports. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We've kind of found that's like the sweet spot we talked about in the past, like doing more, but we kind of. I guess came to the realization that if we use them too much, they might not be as exciting. And I guess students might not be as bought in if um, it becomes a norm. So it's like a nice little surprise every now and then every couple of months. Nice. That's a smart idea of keeping it just rare enough that it creates that hype and that excitement. Yeah. Yeah. So if a teacher wanted to get started, what would you suggest the first step be? Find a teacher bestie. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it'd be so much easier with someone else. Um, well, I think it depends on how much time you want to put into mm-hmm. it, honestly. Because if you want to put a lot of time in and it's exciting to you, then you could create your own. If you don't want to, then you could go out and you could look for what to purchase. Yeah. Um, and then you have all the, the resources there to print and sort of walk you through how to set it up and things like that. So that's what we've spent a lot of our time doing is creating those types of resources for people. But if a teacher wants to like take one on and start from scratch, I would say picking the standard or like the skills that they want to cover and kind of deciding on a theme, whether it ties in or not directly with like the order of operations example we talked about is probably a good starting place because then from there you can kind of start mapping out. Okay. What are the activities I want to do? Am I going to do station style? Am I going to do whole class style? So definitely you have that, you can just start with like the structure part Mm -hmm. of it, of what Mm -hmm. you want the day to look like. But otherwise, yeah, once you have the topic, the theme, the structure, then you're good. 
And what you said brought up a question for me that I didn't even think about asking is, is a lot of the stuff that you do, is it a whole group thing or is it like individuals or is it teams? How do you, what do you do with that? We've done both. Um, the majority of ours are station style. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. uh, CSI day, we did station style where students were working in teams and the, the actual, uh, work they were doing were set up, I guess in stations too. Uh, so kids were working in teams and they would go to a station, grab the resources they need and go back to their, um, work station to actually complete the task. And the same thing with the order of operation day, we set up operating rooms, but kids worked in teams to solve and do the math part of it. Um, those operating rooms were really just to hold the um, content that they were yeah. like actually solving at the case. And play up the theme. Yeah. And really just, yeah, for the theme. Um, and then the one we're going to be doing next is going to be very different. We're going to do uh, like competition style. It's actually going to be my whole class against her whole class. Yeah, so we've done something similar a couple years ago, um, and that one's going to be, like, each student's going to be responsible for a certain domain of questions, um, and then we'll do rounds where they, you know, do their math, and then if it's correct, they'll get to do, like, a challenge or a game for that round. So the cool thing about transformations is you can structure them a ton of ways because, um, I think we found like every year kids are obviously different. And so some things work some years and other years, not so much. So I try to mix it up. <laughs> yeah. And the Starbucks day one is actually, I mean, whole class because they're actually, we didn't create anything different to go with it. They were working on taking a test. So they're all just sitting at their desk with their normal scratch paper and the same exam on their computer. Um, so we didn't really create any new content for that. But I think that's something to be said too. You asked if a teacher wanted to get started, where would you suggest? You don't always have to create something like big and crazy to do with any transformation. You can use what you were going to use anyway. So if you were going to have them do, uh, you know, 15 practice problems for, I don't know, that's solving false, equation. Yeah. yeah, decimal, sure. Then um, just take that same worksheet, cut it up, and now you just you have a couple of stations worth of questions to ask. So um, I think some of these things can be quite simple in that way. Just use what you were already going to use. Just restructure put, it. Restructure yeah. it and put some sort of theme with it. Um, doesn't nice. have to be big and crazy and complicated. <laughs> yes. And I'm a huge fan of that because uh, something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast is taking what you already have and repurposing it in such a way that you can make it more fun and engaging and allow students to have a deeper understanding with that. And so it sounds like you could just take worksheets or problems from your textbook or your curriculum and use them to create those little station pieces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. So what resources do you have to help teachers learn more about transforming their classroom? Good well, <laughs> uh, we have a joint Teachers Pay Teachers store where I think we have every transformation we've done up on there, with the yeah. exception of Starbucks Day. So we have, we've gotten to the point where um, we've had enough teachers who are excited and interested in doing classroom transformations that we started turning our sixth grade transformations into edible templates as well. So we have our CSI day, our operation day, we have a glow day. We will have um, this next one up pretty soon, um, probably by the time this gets aired. Um, So we have sixth grade math ones ready to go for teachers for someone who's like, 
I don't want to put in the time, like just give me what I need and let's go. And then we have edible templates where you basically just plug in your own questions, print it off and same thing, you're ready to go. Yeah. And that's all on our teachers pay teachers. And then we do have some highlights on our Instagram of um, how we set them up and sort of just walking through our day. Get ready with me. Um, (laughs) So those are always, I mean, those can be some fun things for people to look at too when they're first setting them up to see some real life examples. Um, And then I think I might, I have a couple blog posts walking through like the same process that we share on Instagram. Um, a couple, I think I put operation day. We have a couple YouTube videos. Um, so we try to get information out there, um, as much as we can, because we know it could be overwhelming for teachers to kind of get started or know what to do. So, and we're always here if people ever want to message us or email us, we're always happy to help, um, with that process too. Well, thank you for that. That would be awesome. I, I've i definitely perused your blog on the Glow Day because we wanted to do it a couple years ago, but then uh, COVID happened and we weren't able to do it. But it is still in the works for us to do, and that'll be super exciting when we get to do it. Cool. All right. As we kind of wrap up today, was there anything else about transforming your classroom that you wanted to talk about We ha- but we haven't yet? I feel like we hit on mostly everything. Um, obviously we're super team classroom transformations and we just feel really passionately about how they transform our students learning. Um, but is there anything you can think of? I think we've pretty much hit on it. I think the time and money is where people um, sometimes get stuck, but I think just going back to what Natalie had mentioned earlier, the, you know, all of it's hard. So whatever you want to put your time and effort into is going to be worth it. So that is good advice. Yeah. Whatever you find passion in, like take it and go with it. So yeah. And too, when you have like, when you show that passion for your, like in your classroom in front of your students, it brings out more excitement for them too, because they understand like, oh, my teacher's excited about this. Like I should be excited about it too. And it kind of just hypes up everything even more when you play into those passions and let's see, and let students see more about who you are as well. Definitely. Definitely. All right. One question that I always ask in every interview is what is your favorite math related joke or pun? Ooh. <laughs> okay. I, I have one. I have one. Okay. okay. I'm glad you do because I don't. Okay. I got it. <laughs> well, I wait, wait. I forget how you introduce it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, are you cold? You have to say yes. Yes. Um, why don't you move to the corner? I heard it's always 90 degrees. <gasps> Nice. (laughs) You are right about that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have one, Natalie? I don't. I'm not as cool as Katie. (laughs) Well, then you should go stand in the corner then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can you share where people can find you to connect more and learn more? Sure. You can find our joint selves on <laughs> Transforming the Middle, and that's on Instagram and Teachers Pay Teachers. And then you can find Natalie and her awesome self. <laughs> um, I am the Teaching Files on like every platform. So I'm on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, my blog um, is a teachingfiles.education. And then I think that's everything. Katie 
is on. (laughs) (laughs) I do have my own Instagram, but I really just don't post a lot on there. But um, Macchiatos and Nath is my Instagram. Well, I will definitely have those links down in the description as well as the show notes on my website. So if you want to just have a click and be there, you can definitely check those out. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to share your expertise and experience about transforming your classroom. And I know that so many people are going to be so excited to have this information and be able to do it for their students. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. To find all the links and resources to things talked about in this episode, head on over to MissKuypersClassroom.com and click on podcast.